on the set. Okay, everybody, quiet on the set. Scene one, take ten, Marker. From the studio of WHUP LP Hillsboro, welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour together, we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur, well, she was right. The pictures have gotten small. Filmmaker, visionary music video director Jonas Ackerlin is with us. Welcome. Welcome to Murmur. Welcome back to Murmur. Hello again. My name is Robert Malazzo. I am the founder of the Modern School of Film and really honored to be with you weekly on WHUPLP Live. We're also available on iTunes, uh, Google Play, and Stitcher. We, <laughs> we have a website for the show is MS, uh, sorry, MurmurRadio.com MurmurRadio.com is the website. We also have social handles at MSF Murmur, which is Instagram, Twitter, and a website. We have a website for the school, and that's important to let you know about uh, ModernSchoolFilm.com because we're going to be in Boston in Cambridge next week at the Sinclair Theater with Glenn Hansard, and it is sold out. Dudes! Thank you, Boston. Thank you, New England. Um, in pictures, March 1st at the Sinclair. If you have tickets, come say hi. Come uh, hang out and listen to Glenn and I talk about movies that he loves. Sold out. We have uh, some other announcements coming up. We're going to be on the road again in Chicago over the next couple of months. In Chicago twice. And uh, more cool stuff ahead. We like to hit the road. It's a, you know it's a really great way to see the country and the world. I've been really fortunate through film education to be able to see the world. I've taught filmmaking on five continents. I have not. Is it five? I have not. It's four. Four. Sorry. Uh, I have not taught in Africa yet, and I'd love to. I have not taught in Australia yet, and I'd love to. I have not taught in on on Antarctica. In Antarctica, yet, and I would love to. Uh, but film education, film information, film dialogue, film discussion that we delivered weekly here and on iTunes and Stitcher, uh, it's an honor to be able to roam the country and the world and meet people because there's so much love out there for media, moving media. And filmmaking and and uh, all hope is not lost. It's interesting. Film, as we segue in, today's guest is Jonas Ackerland, who is one of the really great guys. Just this really sweet man and a, a great artist. And I think in my advanced age, I'm, I want to know who I'm going to be in the room with. And if that person is a good person, I'll run into the room. If they're not, I'll take a walk around the block a few times and Jonas is one of the real good men and artists of of our trade or of our art and trade I'm really um excited to uh talk to him today because he's a wonderful symbol he's been doing this for a long time creating great work his work in music video is the stuff of study and and uh, legend. You know, he just came out with a new video, Lady Gaga, uh, her song, John Wayne. 
He also directed a commercial um, for the Super Bowl. So he's ubiquitous, and the art form is becoming ubiquitous. And, uh, film studies programs are becoming media studies programs. So if we look at the inspection and investigation of movies, we are actually now rebranding it and retitling it and widening the messaging. It's not simply studying films, it's studying media. Now that title, film studies programs versus media studies, maybe media studies program sounds more sexier, sounds more entrepreneurial. I think it, it it's really bumming out the film lovers, but I think on a practitioner side, it's really uh, a symbol and part and parcel of so many creators and makers are doing more than just making movies, and Jonas is a great example. He He's developing features, music videos. He has a concert film, Rammstein concert film coming up. So it, it makes a whole lot of sense. Now, making a whole lot of sense is that good for the art and good for the business? Well, again, those are three separate questions. What is good for the art? What is good for the business? What is good for common sense? Be that as it may, to stick on this idea, you know, we have a we have a kind of new generation of creators going by different names other than filmmaker, other than director. I left the, the term director long ago in the dust with my students. Directing is simply something a filmmaker does because you're you're making the film, you're birthing the film. Now we can get into producers, you know, sometimes producers take offense when you don't call them filmmakers because they're contributing to the making of the film, fair enough. We are now in this new space where um, filmmaking, filmmakers is a kind of bittersweet term. You know, we talk a lot on this show about the terminology changing. One of the terms that's changing, and we'll talk to Jonas about it, is music video. You know, video, music video, it sounds of a time. We'll ask him if he still uses it. It's still a word that, that one can, a term one can look up, you know, and, and, and see everything from a Lady Gaga to, you know, uh, was it Julie Brown, Video Killed the Radio Star? Was that the first video on MTV? So we have other terms and we have other job titles. And maybe that's the the best, the cost benefit here, having new job titles. We have this one, which I've, I, I laugh at on one level, but it, it, I don't know if, if I've reconciled it. It's predator. Now, predator, you know, there are political implications of predator, of that word predator, as Hillary Clinton well knows. Um and there are cool Arnold Schwarzeneggian, <laughs> you know, cinematic. A predator is someone who's a producer, editor, a self-sufficient one-man or one-woman band who can create content. You know, and that word content is such an interesting dog whistle vocationally. But as vocation expands, and here's a question as we segue into meeting Jonas, as vocations expand... What happens to the art form? There's a there's a typical secular expectation that work cannot be art, and nor can art be work. So I think one thing to watch as more job titles are added to the list uh, of the guidance the, the guidance counselor role. You know, you could be a content creator, you could be a predator. I don't know if I'd put predator on a guidance counselor list of jobs, but as we expand and as film studies become media studies, because, you know, look at that term, media studies. We're going to need a new term. I mean, media, the word media is reviled. I don't, I don't feel that way, but how do we find the new persona to go with the new wave? And this sounds very old-fashioned to think in these terms and to wonder, but I teach, and I wonder it for my students because my students are wondering because they are hoping to have a livelihood at some point. So what they are called and what they call themselves matters. Film studies becomes media studies. Uh, producers becomes content producers. Editors become predators. Production people become predators. Directors go the way of disco. Uh, so the terms matter on one level. Now, we can always redefine the terms. And I ultimately, amidst all this mishigash of what's happening and what are we calling these things, I have great optimism because we are, we are now in a time where things are begging to be rewritten. 
and filmmakers and photographers and designers and content creators and producers it's a thinner spectrum which I think is really exciting but I also think we now have to convince and we have to demonstrate it's like demonstrating a product we have to demonstrate that the 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 those who hire and those who are in charge of making decisions about people and personnel on a on a motion picture side and a moving picture side they can embrace these changes and they they can be open to the new definitions because not knowing something could be a strength and a weakness i love not knowing because if i knew what i was talking about certainly i would stop talking uh, we will be talking with Jonas Ackerland uh, coming up, but first this. Hey, David. Say hi to Brad Tooley. Brad, David Howard. David. Brad just joined the agency in the East. One of the top men at Doyle Dane. He's fantastic. We're lucky to get him. I got two of the best men in modern advertising right here. Right? right? Yeah. Brad was blown away by your stuff. Right, Brad? Very impressive. The Knudsen campaign was one of the best I've ever seen. Ever. Thank you. Brad has joined the agency for a very special reason. We're going to get Ford. No. I can't believe it. Ford? Trucks, too. Jesus. So this makes us like the biggest agency uh, in the world. Which is at the top of the heap. Wow. I can't believe this. What a week for all of us. This is great. <laughs> now, David. Don't say it. As senior vice president, I'm here 24 hours a day. Don't even worry. I'm yours. I'll live on this floor. You're much too valuable to be senior vice president, but I do want you to move to New York and work under Brad. You two are going to be in charge of Ford. You're going to have to hurry, though. You start in two weeks. God, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't hear... You start in two weeks. Well, wait, no, no, but there was much too much information. I'm senior vice president, and then I just got no, lost. No, I've hired Phil Shibano as senior vice president. Oh, no, no, no. You couldn't... I, I, I don't understand. I'm, I'm senior vice president. No, Phil Shibano is senior vice president. And then what am I? Hey. He's giving you quite a compliment. I asked him for the best man he had, and he didn't hesitate for a moment. I, he didn't? I don't want to go to New York. I, I should get the position I deserve instead of just being shifted to another account. I, another I, account? This is not just another account. Well, I understand. It's Ford. I, I know it's Ford. I'm, I'm... You have to keep your promise to me. You, I didn't make you any promises. Oh, yes, you did. No, no. We had lunches over and over, many years in a row, and, and you were grooming me for senior vice president. I was here longer than Phil Shibano. I've been with the company eight years now. Phil has been here nothing. He's been here less than two. Quite frankly, he's not as clever as you. He's more of an executive type. I need you creatively. Oh. Well, I, well, that explains it then. So by being extra clever and by being here longer, I get shifted to just another account, and he, because of his low intelligence and short time with the company, gets this job I've been waiting my whole life for. You keep referring to this as just another account. It's not. It's Ford. If somebody bursting in here and saying, surprise, you did this to me before, I hate you for this. God damn it, Paul. You caught me again. Who is bursting in here? Who is doing it? Nobody's bursting in here, and I'm offering you something very big. I'm going to New York? Paul, maybe you should tell him about the campaign. That'll help. We have the rights to New York, New York. Brad, I don't. Not now. Listen to this, David. When I was on the plane, I was thinking about this. It should go something like... This little town car... We'll drive you away. Killer stuff. Dun, 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 I don't, don't want to hear this. It's Ford. Brad, shut up! Would you please? Now listen to me. I must get what I deserve. This is completely unfair. I have been here too long a time. Please, make me senior vice president. Then I'll do what you want. You can't do this to me. My God, I thought you'd be thrilled. Thrilled? <laughs> if it's so thrilling, why don't you go to New York? I'll stay here. Come on, I'll take you to the airport. I got a car. Here we go. Airport! Don't talk to me like that. I come from New York. Yes, I know, and you don't want to go back there, because as soon as you land, people steal everything you've got. Now, I resent that. That's a cliché. New York is the greatest city there is. Shut up, Brad. Your song stunk. I hate your suit, and I could hurt you. David, that's enough. No, I haven't started yet. 
Look, let's just pretend a giant mistake was made, all right? Now, I'll, I'll become senior vice president, and I'll get what I deserve, and I'll work on Ford, and I'll do a great job, and now let's bring in Alan Funt and end this thing. The position is filled. Well, fuck you. That's it. Get out and stay out. Do you know that I spent the week calling my friends, asking them if they thought I'd get this? And all of them told me I was the best man. Everyone said, don't worry. Everyone. Nobody would listen to me when I said, I don't think so. They all said, you're the best man. Obviously, they're right. I'm the best man. Phil Shabano's the groom. There I am, standing next to Phil, watching his life come true. Look, I know you're upset. And I can appreciate it. And I'm going to forget what you said a few minutes ago. I'm sure you don't want to blow eight years with this company. Fuck you. Paul, uh, I don't think I can work with this man. I, I think I'll go back to the hotel. Brad, just relax. I can't either. David, you're fired. Fired? Oh, I'm fired. Oh, this is great. How dare you? I want my eight years back. I wasted my youth for you. I'm wasted. I'm over. Come on. I want them back. I'm going to stand in this office until you give them back to me. Better than that, I'm gonna start taking things home with me. I want your clock, right behind you. Give me that clock. Get me security, please. Oh, he's calling the cops. I can't believe it. <laughs> right now, great. my office, right away. I please. can't believe it. Call I'll security. Go and get a bite to eat. I'll call you later. <laughs> I can't David, believe it. You're making a big mistake. You don't even know me, you bald-headed fart. Okay, that's enough. God damn it, David, sit down. Just listen to me. I used to make fun of my friends in college who went out to find themselves. I took the business route, so I wind up here. I can't believe it. What do I get? I get a transfer. After all these years, I get a transfer. I can get that at a bus stop right now. I don't need any qualifications. Oh, by the way, our hairpiece secret is off. Yes, sir. Would you escort Mr. Howard out, please? He yes, does sir. not have to escort me out. I leave on my own gratefully. It's all right. I leave gratefully. But before I do, I think the people in this office ought to know what went on here today. Don't have lunch with this man. Be very careful. He'll want to take you to lunch. Don't do it. He'll tell you all about the future, how good the future's going to be here. I've seen the future. It's a bald-headed man from New York. Because you can, you won't, and you don't stop. Because you can, you won't, and you don't stop. Oh, when you can, you won't, and you don't stop. Bergman once said, uh, all filmmakers are cannibals. Well, if that's true, uh, what does it make the audience? Um, dinner guests? What, do, what does that make actors and technicians? I guess they're the ingredients of this cannibalistic stew. Today's guest started as a musician, a photographer, a designer, a documentarian, um, a narrative filmmaker. His work as a music video director is legion. Um, he's reluctantly adding political advocate to his portfolio this year. Uh, recently, we'll talk to him about that. Please welcome to the Modern School of Film and to Murmur, Jonas Ackerland. Uh, thank you, and thanks for that uh, amazing introduction. <laughs> well, you know, it's I, I didn't throw the Bergman quote at you because you're <laughs> Swedish, but it is a quote uh, that I always stuck with me. I know Lee Volman uh, would remark on it a lot that, Filmmakers are cannibals. Uh, but before we tread into that forest, it's funny, you know, my students get hung up on job titles a lot and career path titles. If if I didn't know you and I met you, what would you call yourself professionally? Uh, but it took me years to to add a title because I had such a huge respect for, for what the people that do what I do. So it took me years uh, to... Uh, 
to recognize that I'm actually a, a director, but I would probably introduce myself as a filmmaker today. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it took me, like I said, it took a long time because I was an editor and I thought I was the editor on set just making sure we get the right footage. But it took, it took me a couple of years before I realized that that's exactly what a, a director do. So, so yeah, I got huge respect for these titles that people love to throw around, especially here in America. But yes. I, I think I, think I, I, I earned the, the title filmmaker now. Well, I, I think you may not want to limit yourself. I mean, it's funny because it may have been easier when you were a musician. Uh, you could just say, I'm a drummer, I'm a musician, I'm an artist. But, you know, it's funny. I, I guess students ask me a lot, how do you become a filmmaker? I say you have to make a film. Uh, I guess for you, you're saying you're, you've arrived at that point where you want to call you call yourself that have been calling yourself that. What was the tipping point for you? I don't know. I guess when I came to America in Sweden, I worked uh, a good like eight to ten years before I started to work uh, in England and then eventually America. And when when I got here, the, I realized that uh, it's very important to tell everybody what you do. Which uh, it's in it's by Swedish tradition it's 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 kind of like embarrassing to say what you do and yeah. um, and but here you kind of introduce yourself with a title and you 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 don't mind throwing in what you're doing at the moment or what you're up to what you've done and and uh, I think I adapted into that uh, and I kind of do that a little bit now and uh, I also I also ask people what are what they're working on, which I never used to do. Right, so right. I think it became more, and, and it's, it's actually of interest because I think it's interesting. It, it makes an interesting conversation to talk about what we actually do here in Los Angeles. <laughs> you're in the belly you know, of the yeah. beast. Yeah, you're in the belly of the beast in a way. Yeah, yeah well, and, and everybody here, I mean, Los Angeles is like a, a, a gigantic city filled with freaks from all over the world that are here to be creative and uh, and work together and it's it's like every conversation is is about that you know mm-hmm. so 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 it's it's uh it's what we do here you know when i lived in la really briefly we're speaking with jonas ackerland and it's funny when i first moved out there i thought oh everyone's going to be in film I, I there are obviously a lot of people in film and production but there's so many musicians Everyone I kept meeting was in a band. I thought I was in a band, and I don't—I know I wasn't, but I just felt like that um, being out there. Yeah. Yes, you started a musician, you have that tradition, but you're also an innovator. You're a technician. You're a photographer. You're—you do a lot of everything. Maybe there is too much emphasis on what do you do, and you say something else that I think is really interesting. A lot of times, filmmakers are quote in between projects. Does that feel self-conscious? Mm-hmm. Let's say you just directed a video and you don't direct another one for a couple of months. What do you say? Do you say I'm in between? I'm, I'm developing. Luckily for me, I'm I'm actually constantly in in production. So, right. but I I hear what you're saying. It's like you know you don't want to mention something you did six, six months ago. Uh, <laughs> so you, you you either you either drop your highlights of your career, which is like the big ones, or or you drop the award, or you have something really interesting to say. <laughs> your your Grammy, you keep your Grammy on you at all times, and it falls exactly. out of your pocket. Yes, yes. Or or you can. Or you can, or you can lie and say I have something in pipeline. Like, <laughs> yes, you know? yes. Well, you know, there's that expression in LA: no one likes a, a slow-moving train. You know, you're right. People want to yeah. jump on a train that's already moving. So it's and it, it's actually true that you're never better than the last job you did, which is uh, which is actually super weird in film because to me, all the brave filmmakers. Uh, make bad movies once in a while, exactly. you know, because exactly. you know it, that's it's it's a very risky business we're doing, and and you follow your instincts and and your gut feeling, and you try to have as much integrity as you can. But there's so many elements involved, even with the best ingredients in front of you, it could taste like shit. You know, it, exactly. it's, that's really how the film business works. And and sometimes the ing- ingredients are not are not that great, but it comes out fantastic. So. It's it's a it's a tough one and it's it's hard to I think yeah and I think I can talk for even some of the biggest directors that have some of the most amazing uh, stuff behind them they they're they're in the same situation they make one movie that doesn't work and and then that's how people see you 
You know, I, I, think, I think that's a great point. I tell my students all the time, pick any filmmaker and I'll show you a bad film, you know, in the sense that the arc of any career is just that. It's an arc. And, and if you've ever think you figured it out, then you wouldn't make another film. I just think there's a lot of pressure on everyone, even though there's mm. may, maybe because there's more content or there's more narcissism. I, I feel it. I feel it in my student communities. I feel it in New York. Uh, I mean, you're in a, again. You're in a place now where so many great artists come to you and say, "Jonas, what are you doing?" You know, especially on the music video side and other sides. But do you feel pressure now, or are you kind of past that point? Uh, I wouldn't say I feel more pressure now than I ever did. But to be uh, like a, a creative freelance type of person, it, it is it is stressful, you know. And and I think. I think, again, I can speak for a lot of other creative people that, you know, if the phone doesn't ring for a week, you think it's, you think it's over. Right. You know, that's, right. unfortunately, that's how, that's how it works. But it also keeps you on the toes, and it also makes you appreciate when you, when you, when you actually get somebody to, to give you money to do what, what, you, what you like to do. You know, I, I have huge respect for anybody who hires me, uh, and that never goes away. Mm-hmm. It never mm-hmm. goes away. And... And uh, even though I get a lot of boards and I get a lot of music sent to me, it's, 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 never, it's never as easy as people may think. You know, it's, it's, always, it's always a pitch and it's always timing and it's always what I say and what I do that counts. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's always hard work to, to get the jobs. And I do a lot of writing. Uh, on every job, I do a lot of writing, even on the uh, even on the music videos and even on commercials. There's mm-hmm. a lot of writing to pitch and have ideas and try different things for each job. So, but the, but the respect for 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 my clients have, is is as big now as it ever was. Um, I, I, I have to say, I think that's really the gold. What you're saying now, speaking with Jonas Ackerland, I, I think we take for granted because a lot of people come to this business, as you know, as fans before practitioners. And I think it's one of the great challenges of motion imagery careers. You know, we're a fan of it. You know, music is a little different. I could put a child in front of a piano; they may not know what they're doing, but I can probably get them up to Rachmaninoff. You know, but we're we're if I give a child a camera, it's it's a slower thing. I, I want to navigate uh, the music video world in a kind of different way. I'm sure you're talked to death about music videos, but it's ironically questions I get from my students focus on music videos more than any topic. Um, I want to start very pedantically with that word, music video. Is there a better word we can find? <laughs> I always feel like it's kind of, it feels a little fossilized, but I can't find uh, a better, I can't find a better expression. We all know what that is. Have you ever, yeah. have you ever given thought to this or is it just too low a level of abstraction? Well, I, I guess, I guess to me, well, they, they, I, I guess you say music videos, but to me, to me there, I approached them. Um, and I think I always did, actually, even in the heydays of, of music videos. I always approached them more uh, as a campaign or a commercial, you know, because I, I always try to find purpose in what I do. And, and ultimately what we do is we used to sell albums, and now we're selling, uh, you know, selling artists instead uh, and hits. We try to get as many hits. But I always approached it more like a campaign. Mm. Uh, so uh, for me... Even though I use the word music videos as well, I I think I've I see it more as a campaign for something. You know, whatever that is, if it's a new single or if it's an artist that's going to go on a tour or if it's like just to get hits or get attention or whatever whatever the reason is, I approach it more as a campaign. So I would actually I would prefer to call it like you know like we do in commercials. We we do uh, uh, a commercial and we do ads and we do teasers and we do social media and we do all that. And but all in all, it's it's a campaign. Mm, you know, and in music videos, we do all these other things as well. So it's very similar to what we do in commercials. Well, it's interesting because you're also reversing that now where, you know, the video came, you know, the Metallica video is kind of part of a feature. But before we, we rush into that, it's funny, you know, one of the most interesting works you've done to me is is the um, Smashing Pumpkins. Try, try, try. Did it start as a short form and become a longer form? Um, uh, what was the yeah. what was the chronology of that? It's a great video well, for those of you listening. Please check out "Try, Try, Try" and "Try." It's amazing. Yeah, well, it's it's 
that right around that time, I was very much into short films, and I was writing a lot of short films, and I had a lot of... And right before that, I did something with Metallica called Turn the Page, right. which was 100% based on, um, on a short film idea I had that just perfectly matched the song. Um, and, and, and I really wanted to break the format. I was sick and tired of MTV dictating censorship and dictating... Uh, what we could do and not do uh, creatively. And they even dictated the timings. You know, they cut off your videos and they didn't show the whole thing. And uh, they did, yeah. they went in and like did edits in your work. <sighs> and uh, back then I was a rebel. So I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, screw you guys. I'm going to make this like a 15 minute. <laughs> I love that, man. And- you're and, on, on font terrible of the music video world. <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, keep in mind, this is pre-internet, so it right. was hard to get the stuff out there. But luckily, I worked with artists like Billy Corgan and James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich, who was very open for, for this, type of, uh, this type of stuff. You know, so we got our, we got our music videos into uh, the culture pages instead of the entertainment pages. Uh-huh. And we actually had our music videos in short film festivals and... And they could actually put them on their DVD and uh, on their VHS cope, uh, uh, sales and like. So that's how that's where it came from. And then, of course, of course, creatively, it had to work. It had to work. But both with turn the page and try, try. There was there was something about the lyrics. There was something about telling more of a narrative story rather than a performance type of video. Um, that allowed us to do this. I mean, I couldn't do it with just any song uh, and, and lyrics, but uh, and uh, and I think both of those connected really well with uh, with the story. And I remember, I remember especially with the, to turn the page, because that was an old Bob Seger song, and I always wonder right. what Bob Seger thought about <laughs> my <laughs> my way of telling his story, because I'm pretty sure it was not <laughs> what he meant. <laughs> it wasn't a Chevy commercial. <laughs> that much. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever run into Bob? Did you ever? Did or did Lars or James ever get feedback from Bob Seger? Uh, Actually, that's a good question to ask Lars, but uh, but uh, no, I, I'm still curious though. So, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I'll see. I'll I'll fish around. I'll see if I can get you an answer. That's actually very. Funny. Yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> well, it's funny you talk about advertising, and that's another word that I think people look at pejoratively. I don't because you know when I think of advertising, I think of people like Ridley Scott. I think of Satyajit Ray. I think of uh, Alfred Hitchcock, who used to design titles in Berlin. Um, and yeah. I thought it was interesting. You you talk you've talked about advertising heroes, uh, someone like Jean Paul Gaud. Talk, yeah. Tell us who is Jean Paul Gaud. Well, Jean Paul Gaud was uh, and is an amazing right, is. Uh, creative yeah. person, uh, and I think he he started in art school. And one of his uh, like art projects he did in art school was to create an artist, and that artist was Grace Jones. Yes, I've heard of her. Uh, so, <laughs> yes. so, and he and uh, and from that he was just became like very involved in the fashion industry, and he did uh, he did just and he became a filmmaker. He's He's pro- he could probably do anything he puts his mind to. That's how creative and great he is. And he comes from an era uh, and that inspired, I think, a whole generation of directors that are around my age. You know, it was Sean Paul Good. It was, you know, it was Joe Pitka from America. It was Siddlemeyer from Canada. It was it was Tarsem. It was Tony Kay. Uh, you know, like all these. These are artists. I mean, these. You're, to me, when when you give me these names, I'm thinking of artists. I'm, you know, when I'm saying artists, I'm saying people who were changing the modalities. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. And they did. And yeah. They did. And and yeah. and I was very inspired by that. And especially when it comes to film editing, because ultimately editing became my big passion. And yes. The way Tony Tony K could tell a story in thirty to sixty seconds really inspired me. And. It was a revolution to do that type of editing, and nowadays that translates into movies, and, and everything we see on TV pretty much is, has that type of language and that type of camera work and that, that type of sound effects and all, all those colors and all those things that, that uh, these guys created back, back then. You know? yeah, and Sean yeah. Paul Good was uh, one, of my big, uh, one of my big inspirations. And, uh, I have a lot to thank these guys, and every time I get a chance to 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 meet them up up till this day, 
you know, I always give Tony K my story about how I looked up to his editing, and that's what made me who I become, you know, today. You're humble. It's funny. I was thinking of a, a few Swedish, Swedish students I've taught before, and they said, I'm going to ask you, they, they said there's a word in Swedish for it's a state of being where you don't go too far either way. You stay right in the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah. What is that word, and do you, is that a, a life philosophy for Swedes? <laughs> what is well, that What is I, the word? Uh, well, the, the word is lagom, which is yeah. kind of like, it's like a mix of medium, uh, good enough, uh, <laughs> and, and you know, like right in the middle, uh, you know, and we use it a lot. We use it a lot. And to be a little bit above lagom is not that good, and to be uh, below it is not that good. What would you, know, you, call, you always want to be right there in the middle. What would you say <laughs> Lucas Moodison? He's not, he's not that, is he? <laughs> No, I think there's, a, I mean, in the art world, I think and that's what made us, uh, you know, who we are today in the art world. But uh, Lucas Modersen is, is extra large. <laughs> yes, exactly. I uh, was speaking with uh, Jonas Eklund. There's something you said that, uh, that just hit me on the head. It was wonderful about why you loved working in music videos or the realities of working music videos. I think this is important. You made a very important statement that it's not about musical taste. It's about craft. And I think that's what's great about your work and work as we're calling it music video. It's not a referendum on is that your favorite artist? And people probably associate you with those artists. And you probably like 99% of them, what have you. But it's, a, it's, a, it's work, isn't it? It's craft. When you're in that yeah. world of a music video, it's, it's about directing and, and framing and composition and color. But on some level, do you have to fall in love with the song or at least the artist, I would imagine? No, I mean, I mean, if, if you don't like it, that's a problem. But uh, you live and breathe uh, that artist and that music for a very intense time. Uh, so, and, so, so, and if it if it annoys you, it could affect the work. But you don't have to love it. No, but uh, I'm lucky because I work with like you know really great, fantastic artists, even though they're far from my personal playlist uh, it it doesn't really matter because there's uh, there's a, a a level of quality in there and i always approach music videos with like it's so hard to write ideas for music videos uh, mm. and if the music can inspire you just a little bit if it could give you like a seed of an idea that you have something to build on that is good enough for me it, do, to get do, going. You, do you look at a script like if i handed you a narrative script would you be as open-minded as such, or would you be more rigorous? And it's because, uh, as, well, as no, you know, it's a, diff not. it's a different set of building blocks. It's bigger budget, more, more time. You're going to live with yeah. this creation for a year plus. But do you, do you yeah, still... Yeah, no, and I, I don't think I could do it either. I mean, I, mm. if I read, like, a Michael Bay script, I, I wouldn't know where to start, you know, even though I can enjoy a movie like that once in a while, but I, I wouldn't even know where to start, you know, in... In music videos, it's like kind of like you create your own your own grounds and you know what you can pull off. And I can I can visit different flavors and different worlds for a moment. But to do a full movie with some with something that you don't believe in or feel for or or even know how to do that's that's impossible. You you have to have a completely different type of passion to tell a, to tell a story in a movie. It's, it's funny. I was flashing on the fact that late in his career, actually not so late, nineteen eighties, Antonioni actually was directing music videos. Uh, I was trying to locate, you know, some, and obviously Scorsese did Michael Jackson videos, and you know, so uh, yeah. jo and Jonathan Demme's done some really great Bruce Springsteen videos. Not to yeah, Fincher, Dave, of course, David Fincher, and then we go to Spike Jones, but those are children of that. I love, yeah. I love creators who who are still in that world and navigate. We're speaking with Jonas Ackland, just a couple more thoughts to throw at you. Uh, you also have something documentary. How cool, Rammstein. Now this is going to have a theatrical, or it had a theatrical run. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it's it's actually more of a concert film than a documentary, and it's something we've been working on for a long time. And you know, to to I don't know. Uh, most people in America have not seen uh, Rammstein live, but the live experience and what they deliver on stage is very theatrical. It's yeah. very big, and it's it's a it's an it's a, it's an experience that it's close to impossible to translate well, th into film. That's my question: you know, Are concerts made to be filmed? No, it's like shooting fireworks. You have to be there. It's like <laughs> yes, you know. Yes. So 
So what we do when we do these concert films is that we are using every trick in the book to make it interesting. Uh, 30, ca- 30, cam- and 30 cameras, it sounds like. you, you, you A lot of cameras, <laughs> a lot of edits, and, a lot, and to create another experience. You know, but I mean, there's two ways to do a concert film. You can roll in the bus in the back and you can do your traditional American Idol type of coverage. Right, you know, right. Or you can shoot it and go back back and, and spend uh, spend a long time in the edit to to uh, to to reach another level of uh, experience for the audience and I think that's what we've done with this Rammstein film and they really deserve it there's no ways around making a normal concert film for a band like Rammstein mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so so it is it is uh, it's a film for fans but I think that anybody who doesn't know anything about Rammstein that goes and see it will have <laughs> will have an, an experience they never had before. <laughs> well, uh, w- w- one thing about your videos, which is so amazing, and it speaks to you as a craftsperson, I love how you say you come to all this maybe from an editorial fetish. Um, your videos are so well edited, and they have a, a refreshing lack of Steadicam. I think Steadicams have actually ruined not only feature films, but music videos. But my question for you along that line is what makes a well-edited video you know I think there's a trap in that you could think all videos are edited the same way but what's an example and what to you makes a well-edited music video now it's it's simple it's uh, two things it's uh, uh, a well-edited video never gets boring to watch and, uh, and the other thing is that a well-edited video is where you don't notice any of the edits hmm. But there's a shitload of them in there. <laughs> That's when it's good. Yeah. Because the videos are made for repeat viewing. So there's, it's great if there's a lot of details that you can see the next time you see it. And the other thing is that you're asking a lot from the audience by asking them to sit down for three, four, five minutes and watch a song on TV. Mm. So it better not be boring. Mm. And and in the edit, that's when you control that. And the, it, and the, my trick and my secret recipe is has always been to hold back to like every ten seconds, every five seconds, every fifteen seconds. There's something new. Mm. There's like something new. A bad edited video shows everything you got the first thirty seconds, and then you have three minutes of of boring, uh, waiting till the end. Uh, and then another bad video is with the, there's a lot of edits and you think that you sit there and jump because it's so it's not smooth. Mm. So to me, that's that's the two main things for a well edited music video. Can you give me a classic music video outside of your incredible award winning library, even if it's like thriller? You know, what what would you say historically is a really well made video based on your taste from editorial to etc because again i think people mistake that they all are the same in a way but what what do you think is a real work of high craftsmanship on music videos i think it's i think it could be wow that's so that's such a tough question and and you know like i said you know they are not they're not made to really last or have a long life i think that's right yeah yeah they're always made to uh, to make a huge impression, impression right now, and then kind of never again. I mean, with with YouTube, they they now have a longer life, and people actually go back and look at old videos, which is which is fun. But the main reason we make them is to make uh, to to make an event at one moment and never again. So to me, it's like looking back. I, I'm not I'm not a big fan of, of like. Uh, like videos back in the days, I always try to, you know, find new ones that I think is interesting and find new filmmakers. But, but it's there's so much there's so much that's been done, out, so it's really hard to really mention anything. Well, the, that whole crew, the Michelle Gondry, the Spike Jones, the uh, Jonathan Glazer. I mean, the the Radiohead videos. Did, were, were were you digging those at the time? I mean, that that was yeah, kind of, of a, a fresh of wave. Yeah. I mean, the, that was the a whole fresh world wave. did. You know, yeah, and yeah. and you know, it's like you know, Jonathan Glazer is is, is one another uh, another creative that it, to me is up there with Jean Paul Good and Tony yeah. Kay and all those other yeah. guys. Likewise, he's, he's amazing, yeah. and and he's made some classic pieces that are as good today as they were back in in the day. And then you know, I mean, it it's 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 a big accomplishment to to make a video that people remember today back from those days you know and have an image that are so memorable so you can say which would you to video and you say the one with the 
everybody go like, oh, that one. Right, you know, right. That is, oh, sugar yeah, water, yeah. right, when it goes in reverse. Yeah, 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 yeah you know, right, like, right. Just, just remember, right. you just to, just like to have that one image that is so memorable so it sticks with people for a lifetime. That is that is pretty amazing for a music video. Well, you've done that, my friend. Um, and to, to, to end on a maybe slightly more adult topic, um, I we've been speaking with Jonas Ackerland here on Murmur. Uh, the P word, you've been investigating and doing some really interesting work and there's two p words one is politics and the other is pussy riot um i thought the video <laughs> i could say pussy riot without fear of censorship because you know it's pussy riot um you did that really you all put together that incredible video a week before what's his name was elected uh yeah. called make america great again and it was it's a really amazing video because it pre- it's a funny video because the beginning of the video is Trump has won the election, which I thought was really great, you know, because obviously, unfortunately, he did. Um, talk a little. Can you, you can lift the curtain a little bit on Pussy Riot? I can't get a hold of these ladies, so I want to know how did you, how did that all connection start for you and the concept to do a pretty, a rather political video? And you've done political stuff, you know, you've had stuff cut down, you know, the video you did with Madonna for America. Um, mm-hmm. So you've been in that water. What was the pussy marriage riot like for you? Well, I mean, it's uh, I, uh, it's it's uh, it's they're they're very different from anybody else, and of course they they they're the real deal. You know, they put yeah. their lives on the line, and they've spent jail time. They they done jail time for their cause and for their beliefs, and um, and and I support that uh, a lot, and I admire that, and. Uh, and sometimes I wish I had more of that in me. And uh, Nadia has been a friend for a long time. I've known her uh, for a long time. And she she came to Los Angeles and said, I think our next step is to make music. You know, we've done these institutions and we've done our art in different forms. And uh, the next step in our development is to, to do music, uh, which is amazing. And uh, she is a fantastic creative person. She She... She's one of those girls that could just like you know she could do whatever she puts her head to you know and, yeah yeah and uh, and then we started to, to to talk about you know would Pussy Riot ever make like more of a traditional music video or is that not what they do and and uh, and well it's a it's a it's a great way to reach people and that's what they are all about you know and. Uh, so it's a different agenda for me, you know. We're not selling an artist, we're not selling albums, we're not right. selling concert tickets, or right, right. we're selling a message. And uh, to me, to combine entertainment with a message is is great. It doesn't have to be like that every time. It could be a very just like plain, happy performance video, and I love that too. And it could be American Life, which which made it so far so we couldn't even show the video at the time because yeah. it was so sensitive. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that's that's the whole spectrum, and I like to be in that whole spectrum. But if I once in a while could help to affect and help to, with this art that we're doing, uh, reach people and, and say something, then uh, that's fine. And the the the... To me, the Pussy Riot video was, of course, Nadia's message, and I helped her to bring that message to life. And luckily, I was on her side of the, <laughs> of, the of the opinions, <laughs> yes. which is which makes it harder. I mean, it's it's hard to do. I mean, if you talk, if you ask me what if it's hard to do music you don't like, or if you advertise a product that you don't believe in, or if you do whatever, that's that's fine. But to make a political statement that you don't believe in, that's impossible. You can't yeah. do that. Well, it's interesting, you know, we ask, when I have filmmakers such as yourself and, and feature filmmakers and video creators, I, I always ask the question, can movies still be dangerous? And I think the answer is maybe maybe not, but videos can. And because we're in this viral thing now, you know, so in a way, if I look at Pussy Riot's video that, that you created, or even Run the Jewels, I mean, you can get very political, and because also 
the, those catch on. I think the Pussy Riot, I don't know how many millions of people have watched it, you know, so you can really pick up speed in a video messaging um, in yeah. a way that maybe films can't. So it's interesting because of the platforms, music videos may be, the, and also, you know, people are political. Because if you do a Beyonce video, they're going to be online the next day. What was she wearing and why was she wearing right. this and who was she offending? We are political p bodies. I tell my yeah. students this all the time. You are political. Are your jeans ripped? Are they not? Is your hair long? Right. Is it not? I'm sorry to hijack this moment here, but... You, you are, I'm sorry to break this to you, Jones, you're a politician. <laughs> no, you are, a docu right. you are a documentarian. Music videos are documentaries. And, and I, I, right. I say this as a compliment because I think you're a lot braver. You're a lot less Swedish than you know. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and I, got a, I, got a, I got thrown right into it when I came to America the first time with the, my Prodigy Smack My Bitch Up video. And yes. I could not believe use of drugs i mean god forbid we should show drugs in a music video i mean come on well and we show boobs and we show right i mean yeah. and i to me coming from sweden we i thought it was a comedy me and my friends were laughing when we saw it I was like, wow this is great this is like a cartoon this is fun i could not believe the attention we got all over the world Amazing. and the, the debates that they had in england was very different from the american ones than that it touched as many people as it did, and it upset a lot of people, and people loved it, hated it. There was demonstrations. Jay Leno made jokes five nights in a row on, the sh on his show about the video. And, and I could not believe, coming from Sweden, and see all this. I was, I was almost laughing about it, because it's like, oh, what, if, if, if I would have known it's that easy... To get attention, I would have done it earlier. You know. But of course, of course, yes. now I learned that you can never, ever plan that type of attention. Right. It's right. It, that attention is all about timing, and it's it's you can. There's been like a million smack my bitch up done since that didn't get the attention. It's all about timing. Well, you, uh, it's timing, but allow me to say it's craft as well. You you your contribution to moving imagery is is as sophisticated as any modern filmmaker and filmmaker that we've referenced today. So I want to thank you. I think, you know, for those of you listening, not only go back and watch Jonas's work, but the the, the ideas and and the, the the aesthetic principle to it is really uh, stimulating and is not going to be leaving anytime soon. I want to thank you, Jonas, for being with us today. And I wish you all the best. If we can be of any help here on the East Coast, please don't ha hesitate to ask us. Oh, well, thanks for being kind to me and thanks for all the nice words. words and uh, best of luck. Cheers. Be well, my friend. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. I apologize from the bottom of my heart. I'll make it up to you. I'll make you breakfast in bed for life. No, stay away from the food. You'll lose it. I just want to know how this happened. I, I can't understand it. How did it happen? I don't know. I just held things in so long, I just burst. What did you hold in? What were you holding in? Everything. Listen, you know, you weren't the only one whose life wasn't satisfying. I sat in that office for seven years without a window. Sometimes I felt like I was going crazy. Why didn't you wake me up? Why didn't you tap me on the shoulder and say, I think I'm having this problem. Is it okay if I go down and lose everything? Then I could have helped. Maybe I could have said no. I'm sure the Desert Inn has an all-night shrink service along with a spa facility, don't they? Don't you think someone could have counseled us? He would have said, well, look, she's got to let it go somehow. Why don't you spend 10000 and rent the Goodyear blimp and have it fly around and flash positive things? Much cheaper, same result. Why didn't you wake me up? We could have discussed this. I didn't understand it until now. Oh, great. Okay, well, congratulations. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad you understand everything. Unfortunately, I'm still screwed up. And we don't have the money to fix me. You're fixed. And now we have, like, you know, a couple of hundred for me. Hundred thousand for you, hundred for me. I think I was sicker than you to begin with. Oh, God. I guess this was my fault. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe I just didn't explain the nest egg well enough. If you had understood, you know, it's a very sacred thing, the nest egg. And if you had understood the nest egg principle, as we will now call it, in the first of many lectures that you will have to get, because if we are to ever acquire another nest egg, we both have to understand what it means. The egg is a protector like a god, and we sit under the nest egg, and we are protected by it. Without it, no protection. Want me to go on? It pours rain. Hey, the rain drops on the egg and falls off the side. Without the egg, wet, it's over. 
But you didn't understand it, and that's why we're where I we are. I understood the nesting. Well, please do me a favor. Don't use the word. You may not use that word. It's off limits to you. Only those in this house who understand nest egg may use it. And don't use any part of it either. Don't use nest, don't use egg. If you're out in the forest, you can point the bird lives in a round stick. And, and, and you have things over easy with toast. Oh, gee. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to give you a small punishment before lunch. And I'd like to have you write a thousand times on the pavement. I lost the nest egg. Come on. I lost the nest egg. Say it first. Say it 500 times. I lost the nest egg. 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 I'm starting it for you. You jump in anywhere. I lost the nest egg. 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 And let me tell you something. That's not how you drop out anyway. If you're really going to drop out, you drop out with nothing. It's an important distinction. Uh, thinking about Albert Brooks, it's hard to segue into the important distinction. But um, the important distinction, dangerous film, you know, again, if we look at film becoming media, you know, maybe music videos are more suited to the crown, to wear the crown that we uh, label as media. So let's consider that for a second. Um, music videos can be dangerous. They can be viral. I think that was an interesting piece uh, Jonas and I stumbled onto at the end. One of the really cool, some of the really cool music videos of recent vintage. The one with uh, the Run to Jewels video. I was trying to recall in the in the in real time in the talk, and I wasn't able to. Um, it is uh, "Close Your Eyes" is the name of the song. They, it's 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 Zach De La Rocha and Run the Jewels, and he keeps saying "Run the Jewels fast." Run, the, and so that's why I was stumbling on the title. But it's the title, the proper title is "Close Your Eyes." It's an incredible video about police respecting communities and police and lack thereof, and and violence against minorities by the pol you know, police violence. Uh, so it's an incredible video, and that video was extraordinarily well trafficked and it's a really beautiful it's beautiful on a level of craft so that kind of artistic approach and that kind of art artistic child of the music video is a is a boon uh, we have something that could be seen by a lot of people it can be political it can be artistic and aesthetic and stimulating and it can it can be a proof of concept for the creators and, you know, if we want to look at it in a, as mercenary way as possible, that can be a sort of signature for a song, marketing campaign, and an ad. And an ad. As, as Jonas kept saying, using the word campaign. Run the Jewels, 2015, Close Your Eyes, check it out, directed by A.G. Rojas. It's a beautiful film. He's quite a skilled, uh, that's what I was going to say, videographer. What's the word? You know, he's, he's a skilled artist. Maybe artist needs to be a professional title again. The uh, another video that I show students, which has this DNA, this hybridization, is uh, was 2010. The song is "Born Free" by M.I.A. Really cool song. Uh, Roman Gavras, uh, who is the son of Costa Gavras, the esteemed uh, filmmaker, and Costa is no stranger. Costa Gavras, Gavras is no stranger to political filmmaking. The great film Z, 1969, uh, sort of documentary as metaphor about a, a, a political assassination in Greece. 2010, Born Free video, Songs M.I.A., Roman Gavras. In the video, this isn't giving anything away, but the premise is this: the extermination of anyone with red hair. And, you know, that metaphor can extend into... Anything we want it to extend into, whether it's the military, industrial, and uh, jail-based complex, you know, uh, genocide, uh, xenophobia, fear of redheads. No, uh, you know, the video is so extraordinary. And what's also extraordinary, and maybe it's not to the benefit of the video, but that video is nine minutes long, and the song is not nine minutes long, but the song takes up a large part portion of, of the video again viral how do we take the new new and use the lessons of the old how do we take the new new 
videographically in terms of motion pictures and marry that with film that can be dangerous and film that can be political and artistic and creative and lead to growth, artistic growth, commercial growth, architectural growth. Maybe music videos are the way to do it, to be continued. We want to thank Jonas Ackerland for being with us today. We want to thank you for being with us today. Jonas always has something brewing, so anytime you sort of Google Jonas, you'll see a cool video or a concert film or a commercial. Thank you, Jonas. Again, we'll be in Boston next week, sold out, Glenn Hansard. Stay on our lists, though. We'll keep you up to date. We're going to be on the road. Go to our website, murmurradio.com. Email us. We're going to have some live opportunities for you to talk to the show directly. Social handles are at MSF Murmur and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. See you soon.